0: Welcome back, this is the National Blitz League Podcast Bringing to you the fast-paced, ruthless, heart-pounding, edge-of-your-seat action Known as bullet and blitz chess Take a load off, sit back, relax As we present to you, for your listening pleasure Your host, this evening,
1: JT Strat
0: Before we get into our special Red Alert episode, let's find out what the results were from Friday's Blitz Arena. Attention on deck. The trumpets are blowing. Today's standings will be delivered by none other than God, Daniel X. Please give them your undivided attention and bow down in reverence.
1: Man, thank you, Johnny. Such a warm introduction, my brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Real quick, family, we want to get straight into these NBL Friday Arena results. Uh, We had a lot of action going down this past Friday in our Blitz Arena three-minute tournament. Uh, So we're going to get straight into the standings because we have such a special podcast episode today that we don't want to waste a lot of time. So we're going to get straight to the point. In our under 1600 section, we have in second place, One Bad Ninja out of Florida, Congratulations to you and also in first place, Nathan Kelly, NBL Management and Staff. Don King of Chess takes the first place position in the under 1600 section. Congratulations to the two of you. Keep up the great work. Moving on to the U2000 section. In our top three spots, we have coming in third place, Stephen Jennings, Disco Steve, doing his thing out there, representing the CCB fresh out of Chicago, our third place winner. Steven Jennings second place we have William Jackson Rhyme Master also representing the CCB out of Chicago and in first place we have Malik Bruley CCB the Destroyer also representing out of Chicago CCB took over the U2000 section to the open section this is one of the most intriguing and interesting sections because literally in the last five to ten minutes of the tournament you would see these three players swapping spots. So when I say it came down to the very last game of each of them, it came down to the very last game of each one of them. Ending with a third-place result representing the Detroit Chess Killers, Shunzu 22 a.k.a. Brian Wilson. Congratulations to you, sir, on your third-place victory. I also believe that may be the first time that you've been in the top three in the open section. Congratulations on that as well. In second place, we had Errol Singh. Uh, He represents New Jersey, uh, a.k.a. Crash True. He took the second place position and won between the third place based on tie breaks and a slightly higher, better performance rating. And then taking the cheese in the open section is that familiar name, which is starting to be called out every single week. I recommended him weeks ago as, as being a threat. It looks like it's coming true taking the first place open section position is Kent Williams, AKA Kenster. He took all of the cheese this past Friday representing and taking the crown for the open section. So congratulations to all of those players shout out to the various cities. And with that being said, we're going to move straight into our next special portion with the red alert uh, interview. Um, Back to you, Johnny.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, just as we said before, we have a very special guest with us, one of the most amazing chess players of our time, the nine-time Swedish team champion. He has two Swedish junior champions, Nordic junior champion, the only person in the history of personhood to win the Tusaminawskichets. chess I'm going to pretend like I just completely nailed the pronunciation of that word. Uh, Bronze medalist at the European Team Championship in 2007. Winner of ridiculous amounts of international open tournaments and rapid tournaments. He speaks eight languages. Master of science in business administration and marketing. Chess legend. He even once saved the prime minister of Sweden from a midget assault. This man is ridiculously amazing. I now introduce to you Pontus, makes you while your mama looking, Carlson. Pleasure to have you, sir. How are you?
2: I'm fine, thanks. And uh, that was a very nice introduction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I, I tried. <laughs> so, Mr. GM Pontus Carlson, like I said, it's a great pleasure to have you here. Um... Let's not make the people wait. We're going to answer some questions, going to have ourselves some fun. You ready, sir?
2: Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, are you ready for the Swedish names?
0: <laughs> I'm not. What was the... What, how do you pronounce that Tusenmana Schacket? How do you say that?
2: It's getting better and better. You are getting there. Tusenmana You are getting there. So it, it, it the second try was much better than the first one. <laughs> but,
0: okay, okay, I, I, I thought I got the first one perfect, but what? I, I, okay, I, I, I defer to you. I defer to you.
2: Basically, it, it means thousand people. That that's, uh two hundred means thousand in Swedish. So that's what it is. It's thousand players.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I knew that already cause, um, because I didn't. Okay. Here we go. So let's talk about it. We're sitting here with the great grandmaster himself. And, of course, we want to talk about a lot. The chess players have questions. Let's start with what everyone in the chess community wants to know. To my knowledge, I don't think I've ever seen you give this. So we want to know, sir, what's the secret? Who are your top five rappers? Go.
2: Yeah, first of all, I have to, uh, you know, I have to destroy your balloon there because actually I was on this perpetual podcast two times. So it's the third time, but this is definitely going to be the best one. Uh, top five rappers, um, Nas definitely. Uh, it's probably a one, two, three, four, five, because <laughs> that guy I like him. Yeah, uh, great style. I, I have to, I have to say Eminem because I mean to. Honestly, to, to just make it to the top as, as a white guy, you have to be a genius. <laughs> so it's because it's, uh, I mean, he's, he's facing what, what you can face, uh, what, what I'm facing in here in, in the world of investment or, or, I mean, the real world. The guy, the guy made, made it to the top. And, and uh, everyone I think everyone understands how good he has to be with the lyrics and everything. Right. Uh, then, of course, I, I love, uh, you know, the business sense in Diddy. Mm. Uh, I I really like the businessman behind you know. Hold on for one
0: mm. second. I, I, now now we've got a we we have got a problem. I'm asking about <laughs> lyrical content. And you just said didn't. <laughs> so Grandmaster, please tell me that that was solely a business decision.
2: Please. I told you. I explained very clearly. I love the business guy. Okay. <laughs> and that, that guy, the 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 business is. is I I I mean. The the business sense that the guy has, I love it. Jenny. And I have to say, Dre, 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 of course, has Dre? to be there. Okay. Yeah, He has to be there. Um, and then of course I have to go with some some classic like uh, Sugar Hill Gang or something like this. The guys oh, uh, who started started the movement. I, I I have to go for one of those
3: guys. All right. What about like Rakim or, you know, like. Uh, Tupac, a Biggie, or you know somebody like old school like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh of course, I mean Tupac is really popular, but f- for me, it, it I, I I never clicked, you know. Okay, I was more with uh, I mean I like uh, Snoop should also be around there somewhere. Uh, I really, I mean, the guy is a bit crazy, but he's good, you know. I mean, he, uh, if you ever been around for a couple of decades, you are good. Right, yeah, that
0: makes sense.
2: Okay. So I, f- I think that the guy is good, you know. And then, um, I mean, uh, I don't think Wayne is bad uh, at all. But it's too. I mean, the guy is using too much N words for me. I mean, I think he should uh, come up with some new, <laughs> serious lyrics because he, you know, he can do it. <laughs> he's he, he's he's good, but he can, so he can do it, but. Uh, I mean, yes, all his songs nowadays it's the same, same stuff. It's like, and and you can see this decline in many rappers. You know, they, they they like like yeah, Fifty Cent for example. The guy comes out with some 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 good stuff in the start, and then you know, it's just uh, I don't know what it is. Even it's just like a mass production of something. It gets worse and worse and worse. You know.
0: Huh. I concur. Little Wayne has fell off.
3: Yeah, I I don't I don't put Lil Wayne in any category because I just feel like I don't really feel like he's really rap. Well, hip hop in the true sense of the word, he's more rap. As uh, you know, he's got no uh, social conscience with his rap, so that's not. Yeah, real. exactly. Um, I mean, it's
2: it's it's like uh, I think the guy is missing something. Uh, I mean, he, he he's. Uh, uh, and then, then you have like Buster Rhymes, for example. It's a really good one. It's fast as hell. Uh, and I mean, so Buster should – I mean, okay, top five, I'm probably up in, on 10 already. <laughs> but but it's uh, – I mean, there are many, many good ones.
0: We're going to go as long, as long as we need for you to get Diddy out of that top five. That's, that's <laughs> as long as we going to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Diddy has to be there. I mean, you have to – the business guy behind. <laughs> exactly okay so
0: those are your top five uh everybody knows i i have one uh issue one challenge i want to have a challenge to that one spot on your top five but hey that's your top five uh so how does that transition into the hip-hop chess federation what's your relationship with them
2: uh well basically uh, it's like, it's more of a supportive uh, relationship, you know. I mean, okay. I, I, I like the idea of, of how you connect uh, hip-hop and music, you know, with chess. With, with, uh, and you have a couple of rappers um, and comedians. I mean, Will Smith is uh, <laughs> somewhere between. Uh, and, uh, I mean, also that guy you have to admire. I mean, what's what, has, hasn't the guy done you know I think he's been doing everything True. Uh, and and he's succeeding all over also when when he's around so I mean you have to admire the guy um, and uh, no so, and this guy so I, have, I have, it's more that you have a lot of uh, you have uh, RCA for example for example um, that likes to play chess and, and in Sweden we have also a couple of those Like Promo is a heavy chess player. He plays a lot of uh, games. So every time we make the business meet chess and kids, a couple of rappers, the top rappers uh, in Sweden, uh, they are playing Because I think there is a connection uh, many times with uh, the lyrics, you know, they have to think a bit before they produce those lyrics, because it's not that easy to find the connections and the rhymes and everything. So uh, it's a bit of chess, actually. So I am more supportive of, of the work that Adisa. Just so I'm has. clear,
0: did you just say that the rapping is kind of like chess?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, lyrics, you know, basically that uh, where you, when you sit down, you plan your, your, your tunes, you know, when you plan the okay. song. That, that's, so- that's chess, okay. I would say. Okay, so since you're a
0: grandmaster at chess, one could confer that you probably could rap a little bit go ahead and spit some bars for us gm go ahead and spit a couple bars
2: oh jesus man yeah that that, that that was this is exactly you know bad setup you know
0: <laughs> i told i couldn't tell you everything up front
2: there, there, there this is impossible man i can't do that
0: <laughs> no freestyle from you
2: i oh, no, no, no. i the freestyle i can't do you know, not it's definitely not in the United States, you know. My 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 brand will down with, with uh like five hundred percent. It does not, <laughs> doesn't work. No, no, no. I'm okay. more I'm more the Diddy, you know, I know that I cannot do it. So, <laughs> so I do the business part. system. <laughs> it's
0: important to know your limits. That that makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You, you have to be you have to you have to be smart sometimes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's talk about. I do have a question. This Now, this is related to chess for everybody who was wanting to get into the chess stuff. This question is pretty much everybody sees, except for chess players. If you don't play chess, you're pretty much looking at chess players like the lames, the, these nerds. They sit around in the corner and they eat their boogers and whatever. That's like pretty much chess, uh, people who don't play chess think. So, how is it that? it's how do we make it the game of chess more palatable for the masses how do we do that
2: well, in I st- stop putting the stereotypes in the, in the uh, american college, uh, college movies <laughs> because i mean oh yeah <laughs> when, when you see the chess club there i mean it has nothing to do with the real chess clubs yeah True. so i, I mean the, the, i think that's it's, but it makes you know good movies if you if, if you you know pull up the pants to to the cheeks and
3: and, and <laughs> some,
2: some giant glasses on it you know and and so on. So then you get the stereotypes. But I, I think that the chess is booming, you know, a bit. If you look at chess in the schools, it's mm-hmm. uh, extremely po- popular worldwide. And now finally there is some serious governance in the World Chess Federation, the FIDE. So, I think that uh, a lot of things are going to happen already. I mean, I think Dvorkovich has been there for, yeah, not, not even, I mean, what is it? It's like six months. You know? And you can see that there has been tons of changes to the better already. So, I think that there, you know, it just it, needs a bit more time and then you will see some serious differences. I, I can already see some serious differences you know? because before it was nothing was happening, basically. And um, I think the chess is an enormous movement. You have uh, a lot of people playing online, which is, um, and there you have tons of people uh, in many, many countries. And I think the chess is to, you know, pick a couple of those guys up. And then uh, you need to also get more and more professional arrangements, you know, when it comes to a marketing perspective. That's where chess has failed before, I would say. And okay, uh, and you know, I mean, in the US, you have tons of people that basically don't know anything, <laughs> but they are good in marketing, and that's enough. <laughs> 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 so, so. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's enough. You know? I mean, uh, they're, they're like you can see the chess schools, for example, over there. You you have you have players that have yeah maybe you know, on a good day they can they they have 1200 in in the rating and and um, then you have uh, you know top uh, gms you know you have top players of the world that basically the the guys with 1200 you know they are much better in marketing so they have all the students and you see the empty schools you know for the top gms <laughs> and and it's only marketing skills you know you can And marketing and sales is, you know, it goes hand by hand. But it's marketing skills. And uh, I, I think that uh, I can tell you one story. I, I was talking with um, a friend of mine, uh, one of the top players in the world, Kadi Naidic, who is a 2700 guy. He was so upset. Um, when he saw like one of the schools in in US that was going extremely well, and basically the the, the guy who runs it has twelve hundred, like this, and 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 that all the students were going to this school because he has you know good, um, he's, he's basically good in marketing, you know, he's good in selling selling the schools and and the products and so on. And and uh, Arkady has been around for a while and and not got the same effect, you know. So I was totally pissed off, you know, when I saw this because it's like, how is it possible? You know, I'm surrounded, This guy hardly knows the rules and and still. He's- <laughs> 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 and, and and it's this is what it is. And and a lot of chess players haven't understood this, you know, that the the, the marketing skills you you need those. And and I think the chess world in as a whole, has not understood it properly.
1: Yeah, so GM uh, Pontes, that's a, a, a great observation. Um, but I think it's like the lesser of two evils, right? So you have those who are super strong that don't seem to have a marketing presence, if you will. Uh, but is it, is it possible to marry both worlds? Because I've noticed that usually those who are the best marketers are not the most talented, but those who are the most talented aren't usually the best marketers, so how do you get both worlds to marry without compromising the level of talent on the marketing side and also the chess playing side?
2: Well, I mean, that's uh, why the top guys have managers, no? Mm, I mean, delegation. If, you, if you look at uh, yeah, of course. I mean, if you know that you can't do it, you know, just hire someone that, that does it. And that, that is a pro. I mean, you can look at Team Magnus, for example. I mean, look, look where they started and where they are now. I mean, now I think it's, uh, it's what is it like? 80 people working with it or something like this? It, it mm. starts to 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 become like uh, like a bit size enterprise almost. You know, it, it's it's like uh, yeah, it, it's it's they they are they are growing all the time also, and uh, it's because this delegation of the skills, you know, because they, they know that. I mean, Magnus himself he knows that this is not his thing. Because he, right. he's naturally introvert actually, uh, and and then he I, I I would say that I mean he's done so much media now so so he's changed this, but if you go to back to his nature, he's introvert, mm. uh, because I know him well and and uh, so I know uh, these things and and he yeah I mean he he has guys that are doing all the stuff for him you know which actually. And you can see where his brand is now and where it was, you know, like uh, five, six, seven, eight years ago. So as a
1: businessman, you know, how how do you marry it? Because, of course, he's playing in matches where, you know, you lose, you get several hundred thousand dollars, you win, you get even more. You know, how how does that apply to the small business or the the local chess club?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're you always in marketing. I mean, if, if a guy with skills of 1,200, you know, can create like a massive chess school, you know. I mean that 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 shows that it's not about, almost not about chess, yeah. <laughs> it's more about marketing skills, you know. And and I'm sure that there must be something in that school as well. I mean that it's a good environment, you know, good atmosphere. And and I mean there's there's so many other good things that you can do, and then you you can uh, for sure you can hire some, some, some stronger players if you need for. If some kids are getting stronger and stronger, you, you can hire some stronger ones that can take care of them. You know? and, and, and so that you can always outsource the skills. You know, okay. okay. you, you know what you have and then you can outsource the other thing. But I think that for chess as a whole, it's something very, very important that you have a new ruling of FIDE where you have, uh, where they're actually hiring uh, marketing people. Because this is the first time in history that they have hired uh, one marketing guy now. So They have like a marketing officer, chief marketing marketing officer in, in the World Chess Federation. And imagine that during all these years, there has never been one single guy that has wow. been handling the marketing. And I mean, why do you think the chess has not been growing more? You have like 600 million people all over uh, the world and uh, probably more than that since it's the tons of people that play anonymous on the internet nowadays. So if you have all that, I mean, you need, of course, to have a marketing officer as a start. And then you need a whole team, you know, so you can profit on this.
0: That explains a lot. If they haven't had a, a marketing person
2: since, when did you say? You said last year? No, since they started. <laughs> since they started organization. <laughs> this is the first, first time ever. Wow. That's a uh, kind of crazy. When
3: did when did that start? When did the marketing officer start um, for the chess federation?
2: <laughs> yes, like two weeks ago, or something. Oh my! <laughs> God. God. <laughs> wow. He so started us- last Tuesday. All right.
3: Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. And oh, he resigned today. I'm joking. <laughs> Not yet, <laughs> <But> <laughs> because of the challenges. Yeah, <laughs> because so he's also quite a lot.
3: Do you think? Do you think um, chess classes? or these schools, it has something to do with relatability. Because, like, if I'm a beginning chess student, I remember when I first got started, like, playing chess, I went to one of our resident masters here in Chicago, and I asked him a really simple question. I said, do you have a recommendation for me on a good beginning book that I can get on chess opening? Because, obviously, I knew I didn't know anything about chess um, except how the pieces move and how to lose. And so I was trying to learn a little bit of something, learn basic opening theory or whatever. And um, his response wasn't really what I expected. He told me get any book, you know, and I was like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but with you being a, the master, a lifetime senior master, um, do you you know do you have any recommendation on what's a a a good book or what's at least tell me what's a bad book like what book not to go by like this book is bad like or it's not easy to learn or from or something and he just said read any book and um and that kind of turned me off you know not to chess but to him so if he offered lessons, I would never take a lesson from him, so I guess what I'm saying yeah. Is
2: yeah, it's, right. it's it shows uh, basically that he didn't care much about, about what you were asking. Uh, so, well, of course, that that's that's bad marketing, you can say, <laughs> <laughs> if, if we gotta be nice. <laughs> so, it's, it's either either terrible sales or or extremely bad marketing. You know, you could choose.
3: Well, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, so like people who are less proficient at chess. Sometimes are more relatable to people, and so if I go to somebody who's a twelve hundred, they can teach my kids and knows nothing about chess, how the pieces move, and they'll be nice to the kids, and they'll, uh, yeah. you know,
2: yeah, yeah, and 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 I will say that many times people, it's like babysitting, you know, yeah. the people choose it on 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 some different character traits,
1: right. so it's. Not
2: it's not uh, and and many times I would say that uh, pure chess skills is not one of those. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's more uh, you know the appearance uh, and and if if they are pedagogical or or I mean if they can teach in a good way. Interesting, Pontus, you still there? Yeah, yeah, he's, here. Yep,
3: he's there. We can hear him, Danny. I guess Danny can't hear you.
2: Okay, now yep. now I hear everybody.
3: I'm, I'm back. Oh, okay. Yes, I agree with you, uh, Pontus, because. I feel like if I'm going to take a lesson from someone, I want to know that they're going to work well with my kids and that they're going to be patient with them. And sometimes I feel like, in me as a parent, right, I don't really know much about chess either. I just want my kids to learn. So sending them to a grandmaster or sending them to a novice To me, it's pretty much the same thing. I just want them to learn how to play chess. Once they get to another level, then I might send them to a grandmaster. But I'm probably not going to send them to a grandmaster initially because I feel like, you know, he knows so much that maybe he can't explain the basics as well to my child.
2: Well, uh, that's different. It depends on what... uh... I mean, what grandmaster it is? Because I mean, like I said before, some some are introverts, some are not good teachers. They are good players, not good teachers, and right. some are good good teachers. So it, it's. But uh, what I will say that is a big misassumption that you have out there is that people think that they can um, first send everyone to some basic coach that will take them up to a certain level. And then after that, they can go to a feeder master and, or a master player, and then the master player can take them up to a certain level. Then they can go to a feeder master or international master and they can take them up to a certain level. And then finally, when they are you know, title contenders, then they can go to the grandmaster. Because the problem is that if you look at it from yes, pure educational uh, facts, then the big problem is that when you sit there as the, the GM, you have to basically tear down everything they have learned many times for them to take the next step. Then. Because the problem is that many times the, the the weaker players have taught them the wrong things. So, oh, wow. so so then it's it's like if you build a house, you know, and, and the ground is 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 totally wrong, then you have to tear everything down and build it up again. So uh, that, that's actually a big problem. You can get, with, especially with adults, of course, because they have more luggage, <laughs> and the, many times they, they have some uh, some ideas that uh, you know the, the that for example the bishop pair is always good. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's not true. You know, and and just yes, to basically take that out from them can can be it can really waste time. It can take a lot of time. To get them to understand that you don't win automatically just yes, by taking the Bishop pair. <laughs> and in, so, in some positions, the Bishop pair cannot do anything. And it's better to have knight in a pair of Knights or, or Knight and Bishop. But there's but many, many of these things that are out there that where, where people have learned uh, badly either from a coach that wasn't that uh, advanced or from a book.
1: And, and would so, you say that GMs break rules as well? Because what yeah. I've noticed is some of the basic rules that we're going through in our A-class expert early years, it seems like when we watch the higher level games of GMs, it's almost as if you guys just abandoned some of those yeah. principles that we thought were definite no-no's, but you guys yeah, I, somehow make it work.
2: Yeah, of course. But this is always uh, the same in all, all uh, areas, you know, that if you know something very well, then, I mean, you learn the rules to, to get to the level where you know it very well so you can start breaking the rules <laughs> <laughs> because that's where where you find the new stuff mm, and it's the, okay. the, same in, the same in science you know? yeah. if you look at science you know I mean all uh, Neil uh, Tyson on the grass and all these guys you know and I'm Stephen Hawkins uh, everyone has been going through the basics first and then they start to explore their own stuff well they, they know the basics because to be able to break the rules you need to know them well enough so you can break them to find the weak spots and where, where you can actually develop theory. And that's
0: powerful. So, in re- Okay. So in relationship to breaking rules and, and going the course and learning what you need to know, know on a very basic level, and then to get to the next level, whatever that is for whatever person it is, 1,200 going there, wants to get to 18, 18 and wants to get to 25. Well, Who, who cares? Whatever that is. Uh, you have a business uh, business meets chess and kids.com uh, and you do like motivational talks lectures and pretty much help uh, help these people with the management and and uh, the the daily activities of their um, particular businesses so how do you how do you converge or how do you uh, juxtapose those two things the business and chess and help business owners think in the chess type fashion how does that work
2: well, there, there is many um, different parts. I mean, the, the business meet chess and kids, that, that's a um, uh, corporate social responsibility project where, where you basically pair business guys with uh, children from uh, mainly underprivileged areas. And then, uh, so it's a network concept where you actually get people to meet through chess. So, and then you also train, of course, everyone in chess. So everyone gets better in chess because it helps them in their professions and the kids in school. So it basically gives them a framework for for, for planning, strategy, you know, critical thinking, and then they become a bit analytic, you know, which is good for them in their life. And then the network part is, uh, I mean, it's, you really need it, especially in this, such a segregated country like the U.S., where where you have an enormous segregation. And, and then you you really need it, you know, that people come together, they can come together through chess. So what we do there is that we basically pair uh, the one business with each business guy. We pair them with a kid from an underprivileged area and then they play a tandem chess tournament together. So that's the first time they, they meet. And then it goes over in a mentorship, and that actually gives the, the children from the underprivileged area. It gives them a, a chance, you know, to to uh, have at least one re- good reference. So when they, they want to apply to school or they, when they want to to um, get some extra job or some job, you know, then they at least know one high up business guy that can help them. So that's uh, a project. For integration you know against segregation basically so it, it's a little bit different than the other thing and um, the motivational talks is something that i do uh, myself and there i basically visit uh, top business schools or companies or rotary clubs you know like these membership clubs um, the, and then i basically talk about the Chess thinking, how chess thinking can help the business, you know. So how you can use uh, the rules and and the processes and and all the knowledge that we have from chess in your business life. For example, there there is tons of rules that you have that you are also applying in business. Like you have touch move, you know, like basically that if you have touched a piece, you you have to move it, you know. So basically, if if you have done and arranged an agreement, you have signed the contract. I mean you cannot change it. So you and you need to plan your moves before, you know. And it's the same in, in, in business, you know.
0: So it seems that you have like three legs, three separate legs of your business. One being what I see is the business meets chess and kids, also the motivational talks and the lectures that you give to various people from groups as well as the teaching uh, that you've set up for your particular brand through webinars and, and individual lessons and online and, and face-to-face. Could you explain how all three of those uh, different legs work?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, this, this question was uh, probably the best question thus far, and uh, I wonder who designed it. <laughs> 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 no, i uh, So we are a bit serious. Uh, then, then uh, uh, first is the Smith Chess Kids. Like I said, it's a CSR project so corporate social responsibility. Basically, the idea is, is to create uh, between kids from underprivileged areas and bis- the business community uh and that's to fight segregation so that's something that um, it's i've personally i find it extremely important and um uh, yeah I've, I've done some a couple of events in new orleans and it's also very funny to attract a lot of uh, celebrities as well uh, like we have wendell pierce and winter marsalis for example. Uh, uh, that likes chess and that they like to, to, to be a part of this um, and of course uh, it's very very it's a big pleasure for me to, to see it working uh, since I, I, in Europe it works really really good that one so it's uh, to see it working in the US as well and uh, because personally I think that the US needs it more than, than in Europe because so I think it can it's more segregated The thing with it is, of course, that the kids, uh, they get one reference in the business world that can actually help them out and uh, even give some job to older siblings or or parents or or the kids themselves uh, later on in their life, where they can help them in school elections or, or, you know school things that i mean when if you grow up in poor areas you maybe you don't know this at all and, and then it's really good to have some mentor that can actually help you out so it's it resembles into a mentorship also they basically meet up uh, playing the first time when we do this tandem chess tournament where we pair one business guy together with the kid. they play in the tandem chess tournament they, they, you know they get to start to and then it's, the relationship continues through the mentorship program so the, it's, it's a very very good program you can say for, for networking because all the business guys they get to meet with each other. yeah tons of business are being done through that that's how it works and, and it's always done in some public spaces so people see it and enjoy it. So that's the first leg. And then the the motivational talks, it's something that I give to business schools, you know, top business schools and rotary clubs and also companies. And that's about how chess thinking actually can help. And chess thinking can be many things, of course. We have tons of rules in chess, and I I think that the most easy rule that you can use as an example is that a threat is strong execution. And if you have companies, you have one that is a little bit bigger than the other one, which is usually the case because it's very rare that you have two companies of the same size. Then conflict between them then the big one can easily threaten the smaller one because you know because it costs a lot of money you are never sure that you will even win they're usually the only ones are the lawyers the rest the rest are a bunch of losers you know not, they are usually the only ones that win
1: stop wait a minute There's a few things that you may have forgotten to do, and we just wanted to take a moment out of our interview with GM Pontus Carlson to ask and request that you, one, applaud this episode if you are listening on Anchor. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, we would love for you to subscribe to this channel. Also, make sure that you go to the NBL Facebook page, the National Blitz League Facebook page. Click the Like button. Also, visit us at our NBL podcast page and click that Like button as well. If you are a chess player, an avid chess player, and would like to get in on our season of Blitz and Bullet tournaments, we do these every Monday and Friday. Go ahead, sign up, and register. You can find the link on our NBL Facebook page, and there is still time to participate. What are you waiting for? Get it done.
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, and the second, I mean, the second leg is this motivational talks that I'm doing. Where I basically teach people how chess thinking can help their business. So I do these talks at top business schools, at companies, Rotary clubs—you know, these membership clubs—and and I can also do it to, to some schools. Uh, for but then it's, it's a bit more inspirational. Uh, also there, when it's younger kids, you have to be more inspirational also as well. And but. This idea with the chess thinking, how it can actually help people in the business, it comes basically from my own experiences. Um, And also, I mean, it's basically a lot my own experiences, what I've seen, what I have done. And also, of course, also some other cases from there where you can apply this, how chess thinking can be applied. And the easiest way to explain it is that you have this of, that a threat is stronger than its execution uh, because we have tons of rules in chess that you can use in business and this rule for example you, you usually have two companies they have a twist I mean basically there's a conflict between them. then the bigger one can always threaten to take the smaller one to court and no one wants to go to court basically that is very true because it costs a lot of money and, and you can never be sure that you will win. And it's also the mental headache to have, you know, something in court going on. So no one wants to go there. and But the smaller company wants to go there less than the bigger company because they are even more afraid of the bigger company because they have more money, they can have better lawyers, you know, they have a bigger name. And they have, therefore, if the bigger one threatens the smaller one, then usually they will come to the negotiation table and basically give it. <laughs> That's usually what happens. And then the big one will get what they want without having to, to spend millions of dollars or thousands of dollars in court. So it's a threat is definitely stronger than its execution because if you take them to court directly, you can't be sure that you will win And you will also spend a lot of money there. And also you have this mental headache. So that is much smarter for you to, yes, threaten this. And the talks are about this kind of issues. That you uh, all this, for example, the preparation, the role of preparation, which is something the chess players do all the time. You are used to to single out the most important things in a huge amount of data in a very short time. So those are the things that I, the motivational talks are about, and the last uh, leg, if you put it that like that way, is the the classes that I give, and there I have my webinars where that I think is an excellent training for, where you actually you know, I go through some topics every guys yeah, four times per month. I, I go in the weekend, usually on Saturdays. I go through. Some topic on chess, and it can be uh, everything you know, uh, how to play with the bishop pair, or or how to neutralize the bishop pair, or why queen and knight is better than queen and bishop, uh, why they combine in a better way, or it can be pawn games, you know, or some opening, or or you know, and something around chess, and then I have tons of people from the whole world sitting there and following it. for for that hour uh, and enjoying it and I think it's a very nice training form because they are also recorded so if you can't attend you will see it you can just you know check log in and then you can check them whenever you want and it's also interactive so people can post their questions which is something that uh, yeah I mean all the users they have more or less all of them they have had the same feedback about that, that how good it is that you can ask your own questions. And uh, that's quite rare actually, because usually videos and so on, you you can't ask your questions. You can listen to them, you can play through the variations, but you can't ask your questions. And that's the the gap that these webinars are trying to fill in. So. That that's something that I, I I enjoy doing it also because you, you I mean people are the students are from Germany they are from Sweden they are from Norway they are from the states different states in the states they are from Trinidad Tobago there are some guys sitting in Africa you know you have some in Asia so it's it's from people all over the world
0: so you definitely have a lot going on as far as the different legs of. Uh, your different business ventures. I want to go back a little bit because you said about, you were talking about segregation that was happening with the, the young disenfranchised people in, your, in uh, your community. And you also spoke about the segregation about the US. So I would like to now transfer over into the Black Moves First campaign, what are your thoughts on the Black Moves First campaign, sir?
2: The the move for equality campaign. It's uh, basically something that the Magnus Carlson and Anish Giri, uh, the two super grandmasters, um, together with their their PR teams, basically constructed it's something to raise awareness of racial. Inequality, basically, that is still going on in the world, and you I mean, you have it in the U.S., you have it in Europe, you have it in Asia, you have it even in Africa, you know. So it's it's uh, it's all over. It's going on, and the idea with this is not to propose some rule change or something like this. That's just a symbolic thing. The the idea with the whole campaign. Is to raise the awareness of that racism is still around, and it's still uh, you have still a lot of racist people that that are you know, decision makers and and all over in society. You know, I mean, you have in the police, you have force. You know, you have, and then when when you have racist people in those professions, it's very dangerous for uh, yeah for black people, for example. It's extremely. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been detained in Europe for different uh, incredible things. Uh, that and and not one single time. Um, I don't have any criminal record. I have zero. And it's quite funny that you can be detained so many times <laughs> with zero zero criminal record. And and it's of course only racism. It's nothing else. It's just uh, uh, that's what it is. And, and therefore. I think that uh, the, this campaign—it's, uh, of course, it's. it's I mean, the, the campaign itself will not change anything, but it's the good thing with this is that why I joined it is because that I could s- tell the stories because I, uh, there is many people out there that, that maybe they are white and, and so on, that and they are not aware of that this is actually happening. They they think that this racism, you know. Uh, uh, probably was abolished, you know, when, when uh, apartheid was, was abolished, more or less, you know, or when in the U.S. when you had these civil rights movements and it was successful, you know, then they think it ended. There, There is many, many, many people, and especially in Europe, that has this belief that they, they, they are not racist themselves, but they, they just think that it ended, you know. So they are not aware of what is actually going on. Much you have been in Europe, but just uh, yes, go there and enter. You will see it all over. I mean, people that are uh, totally innocent, you know, they, they yes, yes, don't see it because they they are not exposed to it themselves. And then they they they. they I mean, every single time, like for example, now when I told some stories of, of uh, you know how I got detained when, uh, accused for some rape when I when I when I, I mean I I wasn't uh, even there. You know, so it was like. Uh, and and they were looking for some some black guy, um, with Somalian descent, some Somalian descendants. And and I mean I have zero character threats that are similar with with guys from Somalia. You know absolutely zero. So so therefore uh, it was very obvious that it cannot be me. You know, uh, but for them you know black is black. You know yes so yes the. T- Yes, detained me and, and, and uh, then I explained to them calmly that, okay, this is r- totally rubbish. You know, you have taken the wrong guy. And first they were, of course, very aggressive. And then actually uh, one guy approached them and, and uh, the, he recognized me from, from the media. And he said, you have made a terrible mistake. This is the chess champion. Uh, so, and then they, 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 of course, they changed the attitude and, 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 <laughs> and mumbling, you know, this usual stuff. <laughs> some mumbling here and there and whatever, you know, because then the, they start to get scared that, you know, I will, I will uh, to bring it up in the magazines and so on. And it's, it's always the same story, you know. And and, and then uh, uh, what happened was that they later detained some Somalia right, that was also totally innocent, you know. And and it's, that's how it works in, in Europe, you know, many times. That it's, it's just like, you you. I, I mean, in school, I was sitting there in, in I have many, many stories. I have, I have more than 3,000 stories. You know.
1: So, uh, GM, it, it sounds like you're talking from a standpoint of addressing social inequalities. Um, so I have a question, and it's pretty much, do you see the same things that you see in the social condition of Europe and the social condition of America? And, and does that same inequality uh, relate to chess like for example online I'm used to being called monkey and nigger and they message and note me all type of stuff so does that apply have you ever experienced that in your chess career
2: of course of course I mean I mean I I think you can ask you say that they have experienced some kind of racism I mean it's impossible you know and, and chess, well it's, it's not I mean all it, well, no it's much better than 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 the real world is much better, you know. I mean, like when I was sitting in in, um, in uh, I was in high school, for example, it, it was we were sitting there and, and we had some A Teacher tells me and, and uh, my Somalian friend he, he was describing two substances, you know, like and they can uh, they could have a reaction but the outcome would not be good the guy he sits there and he says like yeah this is like these two substances is like a, 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 a sweet and an Africa they could they could uh, have a child together but no I mean this is how <laughs> this kind of things uh you know I had to face all the time in school so it's it's I can tell you there's so much racism out there in society this is actually incredible And I think the chess world is like uh, protected, totally protected compared to to society, but it's not clean, of course. So you still get some, some uh, of this online, of course you can get this insult, but, but I think that I have it actually online. I think I have it easier than you guys, because uh, the thing is that uh, the better you get, actually there is still some kind of respect in the chess world, you know, for, for grandmasters and, and, and top players and so on so, so you, I think I get less of those insults you know uh, online uh, when, when I played someone because they expected I would beat them actually so I, I don't think I, I get this ones that uh, uh, when they are surprised of my my strength you know which is uh, can bring out the worst from people when they actually think that they are going to beat you and they are not doing that then you can get uh, i think the, the worst reactions, actually but i've also got so, some some uh, racist insults uh, I, I had i played with some guy on chess.com and I, I i beat him 6-0 you know he wanted to play a new match and i said okay enough you know and then uh, <laughs> the guy the guy started with all kinds of this kind of things n words and monkey and you know this kind of stuff and and um, yeah, that's how it is you know i mean you will always it's always going to happen to us it's just uh, you, you, I, I would be happy if someone would invent some kind of formula how it disappears but i think it's only hard work and unfortunately for us we're not going to reap the fruits from that hard work we are basically just doing it for the future generations you know but i think that the key is to to make people meet more you know like the business meet chess and kids for example where you usually you know, you you create meetings, uh, and and that can make uh, all these uh, prejudices disappear. You know? And 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 it, it actually improves the things, because you you this kind of stupidity that exists is just incredible. And and I mean, we should all be happy that we are not soccer players. I mean, I I, I get something, you know, I get I I have uh, you know surprise on my my head. These white supremacy sites that are angry because I have uh, destroyed their thesis that black people cannot basically not do anything that has something to do with intelligence. I have <laughs> I get some of these messages now and then, but I mean, it's it's just to laugh about it because they are just angry because they lost basically. <laughs> so, so, so it's not it's not really something that you 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 get like offended. I mean these guys are they are beyond repair, you know. Okay. Uh no so what I wanted to to also add there is that I mean if you look at this Copernicus case what what's also always happens is that I and mean, people that are either really dumb and and there's a lot of them out there as well or that are actually against um, the campaigns that they how they always steer the focus on the wrong things basically like with coppernick you know it's about how he's disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the veterans but that's not what he was trying to say what he, he was trying to say was the racial inequality that he, he in the us that he wanted to protest against the racial inequality that's uh, how how people are get treated in the us you know that's what he wanted to say it, it, it was nothing about the veterans or or the flag But that's usually what what everyone that is against the change wants to highlight, you know, or or pretend that that, that it is there, that he's disloyal to the country or something, which is ridiculous. And, And it's the same with this move for equality campaign, that... What happens there? Yeah, of course, they focus on the rule change. So, okay, so you want to come here and change the rule. White has started, you know, for I don't know how many years. And now you want to come here and say that black are going to start. Oh, this is the most uh, political correct bullshit I ever heard in my life, Uh, which uh, totally missed the point, of course. It totally missed the point because no one wants to propose any rule change. The rule change is just symbolic. To illustrate, to bring up the bigger problem with racial inequality, and it's it's always like that. You always gonna have these people that are totally dumb, that, <laughs> that don't understand anything, and and for some of them there is probably no hope. Uh, but they they can start to play, try to play chess, and it might help them. If they can't do that, then uh, okay, there is no hope probably. Uh, but for for the other ones, they know what they're doing, you know. They just want to try to focus on 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 the rule change. So this will die out so you don't have to change. <laughs> which, which is uh, I, f- I think quite disgusting, but uh, yeah, that's how it is. And, and uh, uh, I think it's very important that because there's lots of people out there that can think and that are serious and that maybe don't know racism that well because they have never been exposed to it, that they focus on the right things. Which is racial racial inequality, and you can also question yourself: Why do you need to create this kind of campaigns in 2019 if racism was dead? Why do you need to do it? True. There, there is no good answer on that. I mean, if racism was dead, why do you need to do it? (laughs) And the most ridiculous thing, uh, apart from, of course, this that uh, with with the flag and so on, is this race card. I mean. I've never heard anything more ridiculous in my life, honestly, than this race card. It, it's, it is incredible. And I think it's something that the people that are against the change have just invented. I mean, everyone that has been exposed to racism knows that it's really, really annoying. And if, if I don't need to, like, invent some card <laughs> that I can keep in my wallet and just show <laughs> every time to get some kind of... Where where is my benefits? What what benefits do I get from this card? Yeah? There, there, is, there is there is zero benefits from the card. You know, I I have I have a couple of membership cards, quite a lot actually, and and I, <laughs> this is the only card where there is no benefits. Yeah, so I think I rather show some membership card, you know, right. in, in Hugo Boss or whatever, where where I actually have some benefits. Armani, right. where I've I actually get that. benefits. Here I get zero yeah. benefits. My Emirates no cashback
1: points, no uh, frequent flyer miles, no nothing.
2: <laughs> no lounge access. I mean, <laughs> this problems. This must be the worst of all my cards. You know, it only gives me problems, <laughs> and and it keeps me down. Yeah. So uh, this is the worst card ever. You know, and I am very sure that I didn't invent it. So so it's this is absolute rubbish. You know, and and forget this idea that people have some kind of card that they want to show. It, these things are real. It's happening. And I mean, you can hear it. You can bring some some black people from the whole world, or, or, or some Mexicans, you know, in the United States, and they will tell you about quite a lot of uh, occasions where they were not treated that great. And 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 uh, also the what it depends on. I mean, it's very clear that there is racism going around all the, all the world. And is I mean, the worst uh, racism you can see many times is in Asia. You know, it's incredible. With, with, with the whitewashing products that they're using i used to live to uh, a couple of years in china and i i mean it is basically absolutely incredible that this whitewashing trend that they have over there how people use all these kind of uh substances to 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 basically get white <laughs> that wow. they think that's the right thing you know and 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 it's it's crazy so if you look at in the world, you will see that the the signal is usually that the white is good and black is really bad, <laughs> and, and and I think that you you uh, you have guys like Spike Lee, you know, I mean, uh, you see the guy, I I think he, he got an Oscar after like for what 30 or 40 years <laughs> at the top, okay. and 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 uh, I mean, it's very obvious that you 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 have something stopping a lot of guys from coming, getting up to the top, and and. Yeah, I think someone can investigate what it can be, <laughs> because it's quite clear that it has to be racist. That race, i mean, not only, but racism is definitely around. When when the, systematic racism is is hundred percent around, you know. And in some countries, it's worse than others, uh, uh, but it is around. And and I can tell you, in Europe, uh, like in Sweden, for example, there are many people. They think that. Uh, we are on totally equal terms right now, which I don't really agree with. And then they get shocked when, 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 basically I tell the stories, they get totally shocked. And and imagine that it can work like this. And and if you look in the, the I mean, top 500 uh, companies in Sweden, you know, I mean, you will not find many black guys <laughs> working there. Uh, or or, and, or foreign.
1: and, you know, uh, G.M. Ponce, is the, there's a quote from Dr. King where he said the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people.
2: And yeah, I think the move
1: for true. inequality really helps bring light to something like this because it gives awareness for one. And then it also allows those who that wasn't their intent to actually start to do something proactively uh, to change the course of, of that direction.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, I, I can tell you that I got a lot of messages, you know, from people out there when we, we launched this, uh, that were saying that I mean, whoa, I, I had no idea that it was this bad in Sweden. I thought it was, uh, you know, a developed country, a rich country, and you know, and so on. Or in Europe. Or as many, I have stories from the, all over, you know? uh, and, and I, I think that that people are actually, you know, getting up their eyes for this problem, you know. Many people, I mean, you can watch any soccer game out there and you will see what they are saying about the black players, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from the crowds. And and of course, for, for when you are black, you think it's how, how the hell you miss this, <laughs> because it's quite obvious, right. you know when someone throws a banana on Balotelli or, or some black guy, you know, I mean, it's quite obvious, you know, what's actually going on. And, and or, or when they do these monkey sounds, uh, I, you know, I, even, even this uh, has happened to me a couple of times, The you know, the monkey sounds, you know, when, when we, we entered, um, uh, I, I, this is also a very funny story. I, I entered um, some chess tour, tournament in, in, in Czech Republic, in, in part of it, you know, and when i had with me a young dutch talent that um basically was staying with me uh and then because i have have a big apartment in, in in and then basically i was we were going to the tournament you know and when we came to the city um some czech guys uh Crowd and they, they they were making monkey sounds, you know, when we entered the city. But uh, they, they 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 didn't they didn't do it so well. So they even did the wrong sound. They were they were, <laughs> <laughs> They did
0: the wrong
2: sound. The wrong sound. And, then, and, and 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 the guy, you know, he's four, he was 14 years of age, and he looked at me and he told me something like. He was not very polite either. He said like, "Are oh, these guys totally retarded, or <laughs> what's the problem?" And 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 uh, I said, that, "Yeah, I mean, the, the guys are, are are not very uh, well developed, and and uh, that's how it is." And and uh yeah and i didn't have guts to basically tell him that get used to it because this is how, how your life is gonna look like uh, because he's also black of course but but, but uh, that, that's how it is you know unfortunately that, that's what i could t- say to him you know that get used to it because this is how your life will be you will you will have to face these guys now and then and I, i've had i've had this monkey sounds couple of times. But you can see that even when you are going to the chess tournaments, you get the monkey sounds. And I think it's quite quite Jeez. interesting. Wow. <laughs> that's, just,
3: that's just plain disrespectful. And this is something we go through in the U.S. But um, the new current administration that we have in power in the United States, it's actually gotten worse than it had been in a lot of years. Well, outwardly worse. Uh, not but, necessarily but, worse, but like people are more outspoken than they have been.
2: In yeah, the the, 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 this is a big trend in 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 um, Europe. Where I, I, I still think that in US uh, it's a bit more dif- different right now. That you don't have the the straight out racism in, in um, the same sense as you used to have, since it was extremely bad before. So therefore, people don't say so much on you know on TV or, or or straight in your face, you know. But in Europe, I can tell you that it's really straight out. It's uh, the the amount of people that are are you know say really bad things straight out, in Europe, straight out. They have increased, you know. But but I think that the systematic racism is worse in the US. Where you have like uh, how you really uh, you know keep people out from voting and and I, f- I think it's absolutely disgusting. Well, what about this now? How you, how you can do such such a thing? I think I think it's absolutely disgusting actually. And, well, and I mean, the uh,
0: U.S. racism is our gross national product, and apparently, uh, yeah, that, that's what this country takes pride in. Uh, it was it was born out of it. It's 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 just as part of us as the uh, flat. Now, we can still talk about uh, good old-fashioned American racism for like the next 25 years, but unfortunately, I know everyone has to uh, go. we got to wrap up, Uh, but there is no love lost when uh, speaking about racism with anyone on this podcast. Uh, So, we do have a few more questions for you, uh, GM uh, Carlson. So, I have uh, about one, two, three, four, five, five, maybe six questions. Uh, Fastball off the top of your head, actually, this next one, I'm gonna give you a little bit. The next one is favorite hockey team. Go
2: once again, favorite. I, mean, I meant to say favorite soccer team, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds better, <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. So,
0: sorry, I I wrote it soccer, <laughs> but I read, I said hockey. I don't know why
2: I did that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that sounds uh, that sounds much better, you know, because I'm, I'm honestly not, not much into hockey at all, uh. I mean, I can watch some some match now. now uh, you know, uh, if it's some Olympic final or or, or uh, some you know some really um, really high level game when there is some tension. I mean, I watch some Olympic finals when Sweden play or something like that. You know, okay. uh, but but hockey is not at all my sport. So, okay. but soccer is totally different. There, I can I watch a lot. You
0: know? Favorite team? No,
2: not so much anymore. Uh, favorite team. Uh, right now, I, I don't really have any favorite team like in that. You know, I, I like Champions League and and the World Cups. You know, and but okay. if I have to say favorite team, it has to be Colombia. You know, the national team of Colombia. Just want to
0: be that's sure. Well. Okay, uh, I don't think Sweden's going to be happy that you said that, but that's your answer. You got to stick with it.
2: Uh, well uh, you, you you get less bananas in Colombia? <laughs> uh,
0: okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, but yeah, okay that's understandable uh do you play blitz at all online or in person
3: once again you play do? Blitz, you play blitz chess we, online or in person
2: uh rarely you can say i, I don't play so much uh, because okay. I, i'm out of time of course but um it's a good way for example if, if you if i haven't played for a long time uh and i, I have a tournament upcoming you know. So like now, when I played the the World Championship, for example, in, in Russia, uh, in in December, uh, then I, I played uh, a bit of blitz before, you know, just yes, to get to get uh, okay. back, to chess, getting form, getting shape, um, with some because the World Championship, is tough. I mean, you have, I mean, everyone is playing, and and it's uh, you have to calculate a lot of like zero time in the blitz. For example, we have zero lines, so you have to be fast, all the fast, and, and otherwise you lose many, many, many games. Everyone is strong. So then it's a good thing to, to to play a couple of blitz, but you shouldn't overdo it, you know, because to sit there and play with like one minute and so on is quite worthless. It it's, it's, uh, doesn't give you anything. But um, if you play, you know, like, 5 minutes uh, it's much better for chess. And okay. 3 minutes can can uh, be good for grandmasters because it, it still gives us uh, enough time, you know. It's it's like our 5 minutes you can say because 3 minutes is a lot of time for a grandmaster. Okay.
0: Okay. Next question, who would you want to play dead or alive?
2: Dead or who alive? With
0: you yourself. Dead or alive, who would you want to play?
2: Uh, of course I I love to play uh, uh, like uh, okay, this is horrible, but uh, I would love to to play uh, Fisher uh, and then I can claim that I won the game. If it, but, but but it's not very. Not very <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, there is always some stories like this how how people played you know someone i have a friend actually that uh, he, he managed to beat i have a couple of friends actually that uh, has beaten magnus but one guy is a, a business guy in sweden and he uh, he has he managed to beat magnus when we were playing with the uh, swedish national junior team and Magnus was basically eight years of <laughs> eight years old or something he was eight years
3: old <laughs> that's okay you
2: know, in the stories, Magnus gets older and older and older every single time he tells the story. Yeah, uh, and so so he, he actually uses this in the Swedish trade and industry. He's known there as the guy who, who managed to beat Magnus Carlsen. Wow! <laughs> and, so we go back uh, to marketing. Yeah, exactly. Still, the guy is twenty three hundred, so he's not a weak player. He's a good player, but he's not that good. Yeah. and Magnus was still eight years old. So so, don't forget that. Yeah, and, and then what, what happened was also quite funny because it was drawish, and basically Magnus offered a draw. Uh, he came back to our coach. The coach said, "No way, you're not going to accept the draw. He's a kid; he will fall asleep." <laughs> so, because the round was we started late, so so it it was, you know, in the evening, and of course, when you're eight, you get tired, yeah. <laughs> so he basically yes, kept playing kept playing kept playing and Magnus you know he was sitting you know on a pillow eating uh, raisins, you know <laughs> so he was totally exhausted you know so he basically more or less fell asleep and lost the game yeah that, that's what happened that's how <laughs> he, he always Magnus gets older and older and he always forgets to tell the, the end yeah of the story <laughs> so uh, so you can, if you want marketing, of course Fisher, you know. But if uh, you want to play someone alive, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I would love to play mangos, but it still would be nice somehow to play to play with mangos. But uh, I know it wouldn't be that great for my score, unfortunately.
0: Hey, that that's all that matters. You want to play them? Next question. Yeah. Uh, Cage match, you and uh GM Maurice Ashley, you all sit down together first to seven. Who wins?
2: I think that unfortunately, I know you guys would love to see that match, but I, would I love
0: to see that match.
2: I think it's a little bit like the Klitschko brothers, you know. they, they, they the guys who not play each other and and uh now because smart man, smart man. Yeah, the thing is that me and Maurice were good friends, you know. And um, I think you all know that Maurice is a a clever business guy as well, as a strong GM. Mm -hmm. So if the only chance that this match would happen is probably if someone will uh, grant some some incredible prize found that uh, Maurice cannot resist. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't think it will ever happen. And uh, since we are also friends, I mean, it's it's quite, quite, quite um, difficult to play a friend. You know? Absolutely beautiful question. Okay, so one
0: more, a uh, couple more questions. Does being a GM help you with the ladies?
2: <laughs> what being a GM help you with the ladies? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, either
0: in, either in quantity or quality.
2: Wow. I, uh, I, this question is very difficult to answer uh, You have to answer related, I think But but uh, I can tell you one funny story about it at least. Uh, yeah, I don't think it really helped me But I guess it's how it could work Don't and get I, in uh, trouble with your lady trying to talk on the podcast we, I was,
0: Don't bitch uh, on yourself
2: No, it was years ago, years ago uh, okay. When I became uh, Grandmaster in 2007 uh then I, w- I was like some party after the tournament had ended and I was uh, basically approached by, by one lady and, and uh, she said something very funny, a very funny comment, you know. And she said like, I'm very happy that you finally made Grandmaster because now you're okay. <laughs> so I thought it was quite funny. Like uh, she was like <laughs> her basically... Uh, you know, criterias <laughs> like oh. okay, finally a grandmaster, so then it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
2: For so, is- I, I, I mean, it never went any further, but because oh. I, it, but it's something that I, I just thought it was hilarious, actually.
0: Okay, I never knew the perks of being a, a grandmaster who went into those depths, but hey, to each his own. Uh, so everyone, we've got grandmaster. Pontus Carlson grandmaster Carlson thank you so much for being on our podcast we 100% uh, appreciate you and again your websites for everyone to see and everyone to go to and please uh, patronize this guy business meets chess and the kidscom as well as his personal website pontus Carlson.com uh, we're gonna put a link in the in the show notes so you'll be able to, to go to those and please patronize him. This brother is an extremely good teacher and philanthropist, and pretty much you've been listening to him for the past however long we've been on the air. But yeah, you've been hearing him. This guy's funny. Any last words, sir?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just want to praise Diddy as the greatest rapper in football. <laughs> I, I, as,
1: as they so, say, so game so recognized game, yeah, business so, recognized business.
2: I exactly. I'm so happy that we all agreed on this. We did it.
0: We fairly forgot to uh, mention that uh, uh, GM Pontus has a drinking problem, and so but, uh, <laughs> that's what you're hearing right now. <laughs> yeah. But last part. Last part of the show is GM uh, Pontus Carlson. He will be we, he's gonna be uh be giving one free month access to of uh, to his webinar uh for the winter winner of the uh uh April month of of MBL uh games. So that didn't make a lot of sense. So the the winner of the April, month, who is of the problem? April who's who problems?
2: who's having drinking problems? <laughs>
0: it, happens. it happens. It's nothing wrong with it. And maybe that, that lady could help you from being a GM, You may find her number somewhere. She could talk
1: to you. Uh yeah, so, you so Johnny, yes, it sounded like uh GM Ponce has actually endorsed Blitz as opposed to Bullet. So instead of making them wait an entire month, why don't we have this Friday's winner? This Friday. This Fridays winner. So yeah. it's gonna be this Friday. Yes. yes, sir. Okay. Wow. You heard it here from a hey, got
0: let uh ladies and gentlemen. God has spoken, okay? Okay. (laughs) It will be Friday. Thank you, Blitzer Nation. Now, Uh, I wanted to ask one other question, Pontius,
3: Grandmaster uh, Carlson. (laughs) I want to be, you know, like, respectful of your title in the way I should say it. I'm sorry. So, um, as far as the National Bliss League is concerned, you know, we really want our uh, our following to... um, to look at your different programs and that kind of thing on your website. Do you have any like um, new registration codes or something like that our NBL uh, followers, I think, you know, we've got a few hundred people that kind of follow us that they can use to um, start your uh, programs and that kind of thing, like something to get them initiated into your program, you know, get more customers your way?
2: Uh, well basically I mean uh, the um, what what you have I think is the websites are very clear actually I mean uh, if you enter the websites and so on uh, it's, I think it's very clear and like I said um, the w- lucky winner or not lucky because I don't have skills basically will, will get uh, free access for one month uh, okay. to the to the webinars and uh, uh, if they are happy, I mean, they they can continue. And usually what happens is that if someone likes it, usually they, they spread it to people. Right,
0: just like herpes? I get if it. Someone, there with you, sir.
2: If someone doesn't, doesn't like it, you have problems. <laughs> so, right. Because then they spread it even faster. So it's usually, you have to always keep the quality. And I, I'm quite happy that quality is in the webinar because basically the questions that comes, they come from the students. Right. And then to to keep the quality because you basically answer the questions and and that for example, if I would answer or, or ask myself my own questions, it wouldn't be as interesting as when the students ask the questions because basically many People ask questions that I would never ask by myself because maybe I've already, yeah, I've been through that level. So I I just don't consider it anymore. Or it can be that this is actually something really good, but I just never thought about it. And that also happens that some questions you can get that you makes you think a little bit, and then you're like, ah, really, this is interesting. And then you examine it a bit more, and, and you can actually also develop the theory in that sense.
0: Well, it makes, makes sense. sense. So, as we wrap up, one everyone, we usually give everyone their last words. Uh, GM Carlson. So, Lou, do you have anything to say for your last words? Your final thoughts?
3: Final thoughts. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do have my normal final thoughts for our podcast, but in this particular case, uh, final thoughts are. First of all, thank you, Grandmaster, for coming out and sharing your uh, stories with us, your wisdom. Um, we have similar stories with respect to, uh, especially the way we've been treated in the United States. So we appreciate the fact that, you know, um, that you have the courage to actually speak on them because not everyone would. And uh, we also appreciate the fact that you're going to, um, you know, reach out and, and. You know, help our uh, NBL members to become better chess players with your webinars and that kind of thing. And, you know, we appreciate that as well. And I, I think that's, think that's all that I have to say. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: Daniel. What Daniel. are your, uh, your thoughts, God?
1: Okay, I, I thought, I thought you had forgot my handle. <clears throat> I did, for a little but. Bit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But, man, it was a pleasure and it was an honor. Uh, I'm going to reach out to you personally just to peer more into your mind. I like everything that you shared and, and discussed on the podcast. So, mad love. Hopefully drive a lot of business. Doing, uh, and the NBL loves and support. Yeah,
2: I will actually throw out one more bone. Um, so, uh, in order to – because you have um, quite a lot of blitz players are out, out there. Yeah. And those guys, they need uh, to blitz. Of course, blitz is good, but you also need to increase your level. And that's something that people forget a lot. Because I have seen that many, many, many lose the same games all over again. I mean, and, and yeah. if you don't do anything between the blitz games, you're just going to be at your level. You know? You're know, you not going to win next weekend or whatever. You know, You're just going to be at your level. So you also have to train, you know, to, to increase your level. Not just blitz, Absolutely. blitz after blitz after blitz after blitz. So uh, the, the, uh, one key actually that I teach my students is to play, maybe let's say you play f- four blitz games and then you check them after, you know. So when you, if you play online, for example, you play four games, you check the, the games after. So you basically see what uh, you compare it with theory and, and you just check your games. So not uh, go ahead and play 40 blitz games. Because that's not going to give any improvement. It's better to, to play a couple of them, check the games, and then go in and play a, a couple of them again, check the games, you know? So you go like that. So that's something that, that I would uh, heavily advise to your members because you, you, you play a lot of games. And to be a bit nice, because uh, you, you caught me on my uh, nice day, actually. Okay. Uh, then i will actually give one one thing to your users uh everyone every single of your members uh will get one free uh preview basically they will get one the possibility to attend one webinar for free so, wow wow but, thank you so much but they have to uh so basically, you have to send me an email. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I go into uh, the, the website and and uh, under the webinars, and there you will read up on the details. Okay. So that's what they have to do. So the effort has to come from them first.
0: All right, Gia. I just 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 a point of clarity. First of all, thank you. But a point of clarity: even the players who are losers, like the players who suck so bad that we don't even really want to recognize them as being part of our league you still want them to come to your seminar (laughs) webinar
2: Right? <laughs> are you Are you speaking about some particular player? It sounds like you're addressing someone.
0: <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. I, I I just wanted to know. Like, do you do you want to be bothered with those that uh, have no chance of getting better? I just I wasn't
1: sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think with this uh, tactic, you know, I mean, uh, you you might struggle to get new members.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not. This is not basically the the most diplomatic uh, talk I've heard. You know, when you're trying to engage <laughs> new members. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, whatever. They'll figure it out how we do things. Uh, GM Pontus. Uh, I guess I gotta say my final thoughts. First of all, I'm, I'm very extremely glad that you uh, agreed to do this. Uh, insert everything Lou said. But make it Aww. sound like tougher, you know. I don't don't you don't make this as soft as the way Lou said it. Uh, I just have one <laughs> final question for you, uh, GM, uh Carlson. Who's the greatest, most savage, most best assist, uh blitz league on earth? Who do you think that would be?
2: Uh, the best blitzer on earth. The no, best no, the blitz best, league. The
0: best, the best blitz league that is currently on the phone with you right now. Who would that be? <laughs>
2: I, I don't understand the question. Can you repeat the? Yes, I will repeat so, the question. But so F- let me, re- let yeah. me
1: rephrase it, John. <laughs> let me rephrase it. So you have FIDE, you have USCF, you have these leagues. What's the best blitz league that exists in the entire universe? I, I think
2: it's a bad connection here. I, I can't really understand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, there, is some, there is some kind of uh, guys that are, you know, very ambitious guys in the US that are trying something, and they are very loud. You know, <laughs> that's probably the only Blitz League I know about. So I would say that.
0: Ah, uh, NBL. There it is. Okay. All right. Applause. Good. I don't know. I don't know if we could actually send our immigration police over to another country. I don't think that's how that works. But we'll find out. We'll see. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, here it comes the the, the threat from from the
0: <laughs> we're Americans right. that's all we got
3: a threat yeah right. exactly. <laughs> we yeah, learned we, that we, from we... you we learned that from you we're bigger right
2: quick quick <laughs> right. learners you know right. so I, should never, I should never give this uh talk to the Americans because <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Right. Thanks a lot, Grandmaster. We greatly appreciate it. Everyone, please go ahead and look in the links for all of his content. And he just hey, just said a free webinar for everybody. How can you not uh take advantage of that? Uh with that said, sir, we greatly appreciate you and have a great tournament. Did you say you played in the open? The world open?
2: No, 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 no. way. Uh... Oh, <laughs> Open? No, I'm not. I'm not gonna play the world open, but I will play the world championship definitely uh, in in blitz and rapid, in uh, back Russia, usually, usually in December. So I'm going for that again. Of course, it's always. Okay.
0: I'll see you there. We may get paired or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like a <laughs> I'm a 1300 now, but in the summer you never know what's gonna happen. So
1: yeah. And
2: that, I don't know how many webinars you need to sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, brothers, take it easy.
2: All
1: right,
3: uh, guys, it. it's all, guys. all right. My pleasure to be here.